fuck. I have a picture. Alright, who picked this piece of shit music? What the fuck? <laughs> Fire this guy. Mark, did you pick <clears throat> this? I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it was me. No. <laughs> I I was listening to uh, perfect. <laughs> how, this was, here's a big question: How was how was your drive? How'd you do on it? You were was your ass hurting? You back a little bit? Did you make it? I will say I did not run into any traffic, and the only thing, the only thing that happened today, and on the way down there, that pissed me off in the least bit. Uh, I went to the Somerset rest area on the Pennsylvania Turnpike because I saw a sign that they had a fucking Annie Annie's. Annie Ann's? Pretzel? Goddamn thing was closed. That was the only thing in that rest area that was closed. I didn't get a pretzel. So, well, at least I took a piss there. But other than that, the the trip down was smooth. The trip home was smooth. Six six hours and one minute, I think I made it down there and 5.59 on the way back. That's not bad. <clears throat> no, I and no uh, without Are you racing your fucking self? Yeah. <laughs> without having a wife and a kid, there was like one piss stop. And I like I said I stopped. Well, or a Jace. Yeah, without Jace. Jace one I, piss stop. What's that? Jace would have just gotten down there. I would dude, I listen. <laughs> I love Wednesday morning. He would have just like gotten I down there. I fucking tried to pick up a bottle and piss and I was like, How did I do this before? I was like but I was doing 78 and you know what I mean? Flying. It was, I had my, my ass was like, like I had my pull my pants all the way down to my knees. Like, is it, how did I do this? I'm like, how the fuck? And then, I, and then I'm riding by a truck and then I'm like, ah, I'll just cancel that. There's a stop coming ahead. So, <laughs> Oh, so I was driving over the Bay bridge. You guys have heard about all the, uh, the barges that can't go to port because, of whatever people were saying is the issue. There were like 12 barges just sitting outside the Bay Bridge. They were down, they were there on my way down Wednesday. And the same ones were there. I, I think it was the same ones today on my way home. So they're just. Who works on the weekend? That seems, that seems minimal compared to what else is. I thought they were. I know. I, I thought I seen where some were going, starting to unload. It's, Maybe they're just way that. I'm sure they're that backed up. But. Yeah, it's quite possible. Like I said, there, there's a. A boatload of them. So. Pardon the pun. <laughs> hey, and that pun has been brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Sims Fishing. SimsFishing.com. Eric Sooks. EricSooks.com. Yeti. <coughs> Yeti. These tales of trials and tribulations are being recorded live at the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. And for your money needs, check out Michael at Down to Earth Wealth Management. Queen City Gutting, Ryan Evans, queencitygutting.com. Check out that website, bro. I'm telling you. Ryan put a lot of time in it, and everything in his shop is on that. Well, like, you know, Salmon River and all kind of place, so it's a popular thing. 
So, uh, what do we decide? We doing my Maryland trip real quick? Sure. Before uh, we have a guest this evening, mm-hmm. name's Nikki Sags, Nick Sagnabeni, if you was real name. Why'd you go to Maryland? I went to Maryland because I family there, and uh, did you eat like God? Oh my God, we had brisket last night and oysters. I eat go probably- kill shit that you don't even want to eat. You look like you came back ten pounds heavier. Yeah, my face is like a pie right now. It's big oh, and round. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I ate probably twenty oysters yesterday just because they can get them. Like bushels of oysters. Um, have you guys ever shucked oysters? Yes. I had never done it until yesterday. And it's a pain in the ass. It's a real live pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Now you know where Rick was beefing. Yeah, I do. Um, but, yeah, we went down there. Uh, they said, come on down. Let's shoot some sick of deer. We'll try to catch some stripers. We'll try to catch some snakeheads. <clears throat> um, the original game plan was to go snakehead shooting. And... uh. We did not get a chance to do that because is that a nighttime sport? It is a nighttime sport, but you also want low water. So, where we were going it was a tidal creek. Jay, tidal. Oh, what, what the fuck's that? It means uh, it's affected by the tide. Oh, okay, okay, thanks, thanks. So, uh, we the way that should have googled it. <laughs> the way the moon was, it it was a full moon Wednesday night, and it was still big and round and affecting the tides highly. So uh, we had a backwards tide where it was real deep when it was dark, and we didn't go out snakehead shooting, which is totally fine because I was whipped. Well, you were just <laughs> you were just gonna use what a uh, the regular bow for that, pretty much. Uh, like I borrowed some fishing bow. I borrowed a bow off of Evan, my old boss, and uh, it was a recurve with a fishing reel on the front of it and a fiberglass arrow attached to it. A push button. Yeah. Sweet. So. I don't know. I think I'm going to invest in one of them. Oh, I'm and start shooting carp, right? <sighs> <laughs> you you mean mo- you mean See? moving targets? I knew I would get him with that. I, I love that. Yeah, I that. See, he's still getting it. He's still getting an answer. Right? It's like, no, oh my just say it. Okay, fuck it. Like okay, just, just say it because it doesn't even matter. Let's just anyway. go shoot musky instead. You, you could shoot a right. hundred of them. There's still going to be a million more. I know, but I, nothing. But I hate yeah. the waste. I hate sure. the waste. Oh, absolutely. I, I well, told myself. I'm sure you can go let them, the bums underneath the. But realistically, what would the four of us have any purpose to do other than if you had a garden that you can chop it up and chuck it in? I My son wants <laughs> to do fertilizer. it next year, and I told him we can go over the pond and shoot carp, but I told him he has to eat them. You're not, you can't shoot those carp. I didn't yeah, say go shoot them in your pond. I'd say you got there's a million in the river. There. No, there, there's probably 30 carp over there. Oh, really? You think so? And you can't catch that yeah. many? One or two. Ain't gonna hurt. You know what you got to do with it, though, in all honesty? If you are to do it, just try to do it right. Smoke the sucker. Yeah. Because a lot of people that do eat them, and the people that like love suckers are obviously smaller, but they all smoke it. So maybe if you they smoked it and put it in a dip or make a patty out of it or something. to Kind of grind it, make it into balls. Yeah. Smoke balls. Hey. Do you know how many species are available to shoot? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. well, we're talking about Maryland. Crack that beer and try it. What kind of beer is this, Chad? It, I don't know. It's it's a beer. I'll I'll tell you my opinion of it after you guys all take it's a sip. A, it's the Finn City Brewing Endless Chummer Unfiltered Watermelon IPA. Oh, my God. That's is this terrible. for when you're sick on a boat or something? The Chummer? Or what the fuck? I, I don't know, man. I <laughs> bought it. Is this it like if you weren't you feeling up? good, you drink this to make yourself puke? Here. 
I bought it because up, it was a local beer. Chug it. And uh, it kind of tastes like the Tussin. Any good? Tussin. It was. It's not that bad. It was probably top three worst beers I've ever put inside me. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not mixing that with bourbon. Yeah, it, it's not a good beer. It's not a if it did have the watermelon part, I'd give it a try. But I don't really. It's really sweet that. compared to a Natter Day, right? <laughs> See that? It tastes like Tussin to me. <laughs> what tastes uh, Tussin? Robitussin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really was, glad I didn't try it. If it was it cherry and not watermelon, it would definitely be Robitussin. Yeah. Well, you you it, didn't waste them, right? No, I, I drank five of them. Jace, you can drink the rest or, of that one. I drank four of them. My cousin Josh Ward drank one. And uh, I dr- you guys are drinking that one. But uh, what, And what else did you drink today? Today? Oh my god, that bourbon! Jace is loving that. This is. Uh, I, I drank a little bit too much of it. I'm sorry. I don't care. That's oh. what I brought it for. Okay, Jay wanted to get a picture of me slugging it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not seasoned like drink. Mark. I, I can't take sips. I can't just put it to my <laughs> lips and uh, not not drink it. <laughs> so, Spar, wish I'd have had it today. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> it would have came in handy, keeping us a little bit warm. Mm-hmm. It was a little chilly it's today. Bad. So this six-hour big fingers are Six-hour big boy drive <laughs> you took to shoot some shit. But you did accomplish a few things. I did accomplish a few things, and I'll, I'll go in order real quick. Um, I got down there Wednesday at, like, noon, so I went to my cousin, my cousin's house, and my other cousin messaged me and said, hey, guess what? We're going striper fishing tonight. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. So we... Uh, Nighttime start? No, it was 3 o'clock start because we wanted to get the flood tide. And it was, like, 3 till 7. And uh, we went, we hit the... Uh, we hit the river because we're fishing a river system. And first thing, my cousin's uh, dad puts out a bunch of trolling rods. I was like, oh, no, okay. So I was trying to cast off the front while he was trying to troll, and I can't keep up with a trolling motor, a motor trolling. I was like, ah. So my cousin, my cousin was throwing a spinner. I think he hooked three of them, or hooked and landed three. And they landed one keeper. On a trolling rod. And that was about it. So it was a success. Got to see some stripers. Uh, no uh, busting bait, fishing deep for them? Or? No, we were fishing right on the banks. Like we would for smallmouth. Because they were on the banks, just busting bait. And anywhere where there's like a cut, the tide was pushing out of the creeks. And into. A, and they were sitting just like uh, our hybrids would. In the fast current, hmm. so that was pretty cool. You didn't uh, tell him get the, get the boat close so I could rip this line through there. I was get ripping it close. Man. Get it close. I had uh, deceivers, I had clousers, all that happy horse shit. Everything Bob Pop says to tie for stripers, I had tied and didn't catch crap on any of it. All you needed was <laughs> all you needed was one deceiver, but um, I actually ended up throwing a bulkhead deceiver most of the time. But uh, did that? What there? What there? What their uh, lower size would they have going on? They were throwing like bass jigs with twister tails on them and just reeling them back. So like a three, three inch, three eight, three eighths bass jigs, um, three eighths a half ounce bass jigs. Um, yeah, probably four inches. And then uh, <clears throat> we got back th- that night. We got back early enough. It was uh, the eve of sick a day. So, gun early. Uh, now that's that. That's already in season. You didn't hit first day or anything like that, did you? Sika is in season for archery. 
Thursday was first. There was a three day muzzleloader season. Early muzzleloader. Early muzzleloader was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that's why I said, "Hey, prime I'm, time." I'm gonna make Wednesday a travel day, and then that way I'm not getting down there at midnight and have to wake up early and not have all my senses with me. So I woke up Thursday morning. My cousin walks me to this tree stand. He's like, he shines a flashlight. Right when we get to the tree stand, he shines a flashlight and said, see that? I said, holy shit, I do see that. There's a sick doe 10 yards from us. Just like standing there. <coughs> and I was like, holy shit. I've seen as many as I did all last year hunting. Right there? Right there. <laughs> like, okay. So, so he, uh, he dropped me off at the stand and he started walking out because he had things to do that day. And... That doe just started following him like a dog. He's like, feed me, feed me. You guys are corn. He's like, these things are curious. So he started yelling at it, shoot it away. No, you got an awesome story, man. You're about to what? Early, early before light, you're about to watch the woods come up. Oh, yeah. I was there an hour before light. All three days, I was there an hour before light. So we're, or we isn't me. I was just me. I was sitting in this tree stand. I was like, in the, in the, 50 cow. And I had no idea of the layout of the street set. I knew there was a field on one side of me. I knew there was a field on the other side of me. I knew there was a cut in front of me that had a house on the other side of it. He said, don't shoot the cut because the house is that way. I said, okay. And uh, I knew there was a feeder in the field to my right. I said, okay. And the the field to my left was a a cut down corn field. The field to my right was a soybean field that still had the beans up. Okay. Okay. And I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and pretty soon I hear, Wee! 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 I was like, holy shit. There's a stag over there. I, I couldn't see shit. And then one star it hammered on my, my left. I was like, oh my God, they're everywhere. There are deer everywhere. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a mix between <laughs> gobbler and deer hunting. It's fucking nuts. It, they sound like elk. The, the way they bugle, they sound like elk. I was like, oh, that's so cool. So <clears throat> the sun just started to creep up, and I see two shadows over in the bean field. I was like, oh, there's two seconds right there. I've seen them while I'm hunting, and I can see them. So that's mission accomplished. I've seen them. I couldn't have a shot at those deer. And then they went to the, the, the turn row behind me. Pretty soon, about 20 minutes later, they came out into the cornfield on the other side of me. I saw them. I was like, oh, that's cool. They're back. And I, I watched that, and they milled around for a minute. And then they went back in to the turn route, and they stayed there. I'll tell you why. But they stayed there. And then pretty soon, another one came out and came straight down to the, we'll say the shooting lane. Came straight down the shooting lane and turned, went along the, the field edge and turned into a pond. Okay, I could have shot that deer. That was a hind. So, uh, which is a doe? Which is a doe? I was like, all right, I passed one. I'm good. I, I'm good. And then you had went, the scope on it. No, I did not have the scope on Come it. Come on, bro. It, it was. This time it was. I, I'm, se- I'm just eager for you to use your new gun for a purpose. It was 7:20 in the morning, and I'd already seen what I think is five, six, a couple of different sets of deer. So I'm like, all right, that's cool, man. I'm. I'm pumped. And then it goes dead. 
Nothing. No noise? No, no noise, no nothing for about an hour. And then uh, it'd be about 7, 7.50, 8 o'clock. I see something bouncing toward me. I was like, ooh. So I, I grab my gun. I pull my scope up and I look. I was like, oh, that's not a sicka. It was a fox, a red fox. Comes right up like 20 yards from me and just kind of hangs out. I grab my phone, take a picture of it, send it to my cousin. He's like, oh, I just saw that same guy on Sunday. He was uh, sitting right in front of the stand. He sent me a picture. It was in the same exact spot. <laughs> I was like, ah, cool. Check the background. <clears throat> so I end up staying in the stand until about, no, that day I look. I, I was playing on Facebook because it was kind of dead. and just kind That's of, how we hunt nowadays. Yeah, doing something. And about 10 o'clock, I put my phone in my pocket, and I look, and there's a sick of stag staring at me in the cut that I'm not allowed to shoot at. I'm like, oh, sweet. So I kind of grab my gun, and he walks into the thicket going toward the corn or toward the feeder. <clears throat> and I was like, all right. So I can see him in the thicket, and I can see his, his hooves. I pull the gun up, and I'm like just waiting to see a glimpse of his body. Nothing. All I could see was hooves through the thicket. Uh, all right. So I move the gun over, and I'm just waiting at the corn or at the feeder. He never poked his head out. God damn it. So that's one big stag that I see. I sat in the stand until noon. I cut out of there. Went, uh, I think I went, I got to ride in the combine. So my cousin was picking beans, and I went and Set in the combine, which is pretty cool. If anyone ever has a chance to do that, do it. It's cool. <laughs> it's air conditioned. Yeah, whole they got a whole page on Facebook for it, but really, yeah, farmers only. Uh, all kind of <laughs> shit. <laughs> all kind of shit, man. If you watch one video, your life's fucking gonna change. You shit steering you all kind of ways. And then, uh, I got fifteen minutes. Okay, I go back, sit in the stand at evening th- three o'clock. I I walk in at like two thirty. Same. Same set? Same, same stand. I walk in at like 2.30, get in the stand by like 3, 3.15, and sit there. I was sitting maybe maybe 40 minutes, and I see another stag walking like 200 yards away from me. He walked across an opening. I was like, oh, my God, there's another one. And he was going like he was going to go to the feeder. So Your I, gun's sighted for 100, right? Inch for 100. Or? Inch high or right dead on? Uh, it, it was like half inch high at 100. So I, uh, so I was like, all right. And I, I just glued my eyes to that corn feeder because I knew he was going to be coming out to it. And he didn't. He did not. So I sat there and sat there and sat there. And it gets dark at like 7.05-ish, I think. I, I didn't. That's about the same here. I was yeah, surprised. I didn't have a chance to look at my phone. Because right at dark time, I see a, a deer walk out into the field. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. So Now, does it just look really, like a really dark deer? Because those deer, it, I mean. It's do- really dark, and I look at it, and it's quartering away from me. I said, okay. And it's, like, facing the thicket. So I pull up. I put aim back just a little bit so the exit comes out, like, right in his chest. And that's exactly where it came out. And I was like, oh. So first thing I do is I text the, text the you guy. Didn't, you didn't reload, right? I did. I re- Okay. I got uh, out of I this. mean, I mean, adrenaline and hunting and the process is all 
it's all one thing. I you're not a muzzle loader hunter as of yet till a few days ago, yeah. and that's so it's just instinct on that. First thing I did, I text a guy, say got one, good hit. I'm gonna wait a minute. Call my wife, tell her us guys or no, not you guys. Oh. The the guys that are the down guides. There. Okay, the guides. Yeah, he the, calls guides. the guides. Okay, the guides. <laughs> so I uh, <clears throat> I call my wife. I'm talking to her, and I go and I start looking for blood. And while I'm talking to her, I'm reloading the gun, and I find blood. As soon as I'm like, "Yeah, baby, I found the blood. It's cool. This is where it goes into the woods." And I, holy shit, Ashley, I I gotta go. I gotta go. The stag's in the middle of the field right now. I hung up on her. And <laughs> another deer came out. Was yelling. Two, uh, two came out. So you should have sat your ass still. I, I pulled my gun up to look at them, and it was too dark to see them through the thing. But I took a picture of them with my phone, and it took like three seconds to take the picture and it gathered a lot of light and i showed my cut my family later and they're like you didn't shoot i was like it this picture is not relative of how dark it <laughs> this, was this <laughs> is photoshop sir these were not real time so, <laughs> but were they good size uh they were they're, that's they're, why they asked what the hell they were screaming at me i and I, was, I was trying to uh so so it was about to happen and you're like me you want Pull that trigger pretty early if you can. You, yeah. He's like, there's one. Yeah, man, I, I squeezed it off. and then How'd it feel? Boom, good shot. You knew it hit? Oh, yeah, I knew it hit, and I saw the deer. It kind of went, yip, 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 and something was flapping. Flailed away. Yeah. So man, It looked like a good shot. It, when you send us the picture, you could see the exit wound. Yeah. So it, it took us a little bit to find that deer. It went probably 50 yards. I blew out both lungs. There you go. And, uh. Heart is totally preserved in that deer. Hmm. Keep it? You gonna eat it? Yeah. Cool. You gonna smoke it? No, I'm gonna sear it hot and fast. Mm. And then I'm proud of you, Chad. Yep. Not not, not just in one way, always. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. I mean, gotta exercise these things you can do. And and you gotta that gun, I, I told you, man, it's fucking it's a good gun. Not not too be underrated, you know what I mean? People, people, are, somebody else was like, ah, oh, you got to get a Thompson. I'm like, nah, you buy this, you kind of be square. No, that, that gun shot good. It, it always shoots good for you, right? You yeah. Shot a lot of target with it. I did. I, I wanted to be ready. So after that, I was like, all right, I got a stag. Or that was a stag. I said, I got a, I got a hind tag. So the next day, I go to the same stand, sit there. You said that one was a little, wasn't it a little button? Yeah, it was a little, a little stag. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, I got to take it to Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Get a beetle cleaned. Oh, yeah, cool. And then uh, the next day I was sitting there, same, same stand in the morning. Nothing, 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 nothing. Then. Well, you guys were crawling all around last night. Yeah, we were. And now, then, how's that work? Are they. They're just out shopping. They're just eating. They're moving through. They're not. It's and it's the bugle. It's this apparently the, the rut, right? This is the peak of the rut for them. And so, is there a whitetail in, in intermingle with these two? I should say should say I didn't see nothing. I saw three whitetail does in the that second morning set. And yes, there are whitetail down there. And yes, whitetail was in season. And no, I wasn't able to shoot whitetails. Um. <laughs> But that morning was kind of blah. That afternoon, I was sitting there in a repurposed portage on. 
<laughs> We've seen that. That was cool. I like the signs they left up. You yeah. can still see the signs. So I was sitting there, nothing, nothing, nothing. My cousin texted me. He said, you see anything? I said, nothing, nothing. He said, all right, I'm walking back. Make sure there's nothing in the fields, and then we can get out. Okay. Second I put my phone down, I looked up, and there she was. 20 yards away. Boom! And I blew this girl's heart out just to smithereens. And she ran probably 40 yards through some of the thickest stuff I've ever walked through. It was it was impressive. And she was hard to find. But uh, what? The next morning, I ended up... We, we cut the deers up. And uh, I had them in the cooler. And I needed to go get a bag of ice. So I went to the local sta- like Sunoco station, and the lady was like, I told her, I was like, I want a scrapple sandwich and uh, a big bag of ice. She, on, on a walker, walked over to scrapple sandwich. I was like, how's your day going? She's like, you're asking an old lady with a walker how her day's going? Fuck you. I said, oh. Did you slap her ass <laughs> after said, that? I said, so much for that southern hospitality. <laughs> So, so she was breathing sea air and didn't give a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Zero fucks given. She, she knows I'm not from around them parts. I'm, from not, <laughs> I'm not from around here, bitch. How's your day going? <laughs> fuck you. So Real New Yorkish. <laughs> so after all that, I decided I wanted to try to get the, uh, what I call it, the invasive cup and go chase snakeheads. So... There's a little creek there. And I was like, ah, oh, snakeheads everywhere. And I go and I start throwing flies in this creek. I'm like, ah, oh, nothing's going on. Nothing's to do with this. People drive by and laugh at you. And then I see, boom. I was like, holy shit, they're eating bait. Like, they were smashing the surface. I saw probably six or eight blow ups in the 40, 45 minutes or so I was there. And it was just hard. It was, I was fishing on the bank. And it was full of, like, brush and shit, and my line kept getting tangled in it. And I'll tell you what, I'm not used to carrying a gun. My elbow is killing me like I was casting musky flies for three days. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nah, I, I feel it every year when I, I'm not a gun. Oh, yeah. And not I used to be. I mean, I used to have the crook in my arm at all times, but that's a muscle that needs a little bit of work on. Yeah, man. So it it was hard. Feeling oh. like a man, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I bet your arm hurts more from uh, carrying that gun than and jacking off. No, than than dragging those little bambies out. Oh yeah, th- they were easy to drag out. <clears throat> I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were going the jacking off route with it. now. Oh man, your arm never hurts when you're jacking <clears throat> off, buddy. Maybe, no man. Maybe pre or post, but not during. So, but I would love to congratulate you. Good job, man. Thank you. Yeah, and awesome. I, I think there's a. A trip in the works for going down for Whitetail the week between Christmas and New Year's. Nice. There you go. What is it? Muzzle loader? Again, yeah, late, late muzzle loader. Dude, it's. I think. You muzzle, just don't want to. F- listen, uh, I, Pennsylvania or what? Why are you about that? Are you about the license down there? Yeah. Dude, it's, this is true. I think muzzle loader. I think that is a cool thing. I, I'm, I do. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people might not because. When I had in Pittsburgh, it's all we had. Where I, well, I mean, there. a flintlock, you're talking a whole different world. Now, when you say inline muzzleloader, it's uh, it's a single shot rifle. A single shot rifle. Indeed, probably could dip it in water, pull it up, and shoot whatever you want. It's a good gun, and it's crazy that, you know, and and I 
from being from Ohio before all this, you know, different guns, a new the age straight walls guns. And yeah. I mean, some guys would swear by that, like, uh, shooting a 54 caliber or shooting, like, they're like, uh, yeah, no, I just need one shot. This is going to be my best opportunity. So Yeah, it probably shoots better than a slug out of oh, a shotgun. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, definitely <clears throat> before all this revolutionary loads came in about, there's loads out there that could shoot long distances. But, dude, the shell ropes. The shells I <laughs> listen. The shells I want to shoot, like the, that. My gun I've been shooting for years and years. I've seen them in an ad like the other day, eighteen ninety nine for a five pack. Yeah, get them. Might as well be buying turkeys. Hornady. Oh, Hornady. Hornady shotgun. You know their shotgun with a. Oh, you're talking like about a, shotgun ones. But it's got a real bullet, and it's like your bullet you're stuffing what down in your muzzle. What bullets are running through the uh, muzzleloader? I run, too, they they power belts. No, I don't do power belts anymore. I used to, but uh, Hornady, it's like a hollow, like a hollow tip XTP. It's it's a pretty good load. What'd you run grain wise? Uh, grain wise, two two forty two twenty five. I think it was two fifty four. Yeah. I think I'm running a two forty five or two something a little lighter because I. They make shell or rounds for fifty calibers in the three hundred oh. grain range, which is a wallop. The first deer I ever shot with was a power belt two ninety five grain. It didn't pen or it didn't exit like I asked yours. Both both deers yeah. exit wounds. Yeah, this one went to the opposite skin and stuck, and I got the whole like one. And I'm, I thought it was the coolest thing. I'm back hunting with a, you know, no, I didn't. This was pre scope. You know, you bought your, you're in line with happy to be out there and shit with an open sight. And I sucked with open sight, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But I finally got one to stop and I smoked it, dude. I I swear it bounced like in the air and then slammed on the ground. That's how hard (laughs) this bullet hit it. I swear. On a little, you know, 95 pound button buck. But uh, that gun, sweet. Muzzle loader, inline muzzle loader, sweet. They, They should make like that be it, like. All you get is one shot. What do you want? You yeah. want more pussy? <laughs> I and in fact, deer do not. I I don't know. You didn't have other deer in the scenarios when you were there. I feel like when deer hear that in the woods, versus other seasons such as rifle, shotgun firing off, they don't know where it's at. They're like, "What the hell was that?" Oh, and the percussion of it. Yeah. Like, where 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 would that come from? Or what? You know, where is it? they can't locate you like with a shotgun or a rifle. And I was hunting right by a marsh, and uh, there were some dudes doing some work on some Canada geese. And I think that kind of helped my case a little bit because they were blasting them. Boom, 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 boom. And public, private? Uh, the waterfowlers would have been public. Oh, and because it's water? Yeah. Cool. So, But was, you were on the private land hunting I, I baited. Was. Baited scenarios. Yeah. No, they still but they didn't even want the corn. You didn't even see a deer at the corn, right? Or one. One in a pile. One. Yeah. Huh. No, I'll tell you what. Did you guys ever sit by a corn feeder? They're on... <clears throat> this one was on a timer. Eight o'clock. Did ask, it go click, 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 click? Ask me how I know. Because it scared the shit out of me twice. Off of Facebook <laughs> or Instagram? Where are you at? Full hard food or still hound? I haven't posted any pictures yet. But, uh, yeah, I just... I got I don't know. And again, not nah, good. Good story, man. Glad you got to go down there and your family. Uh, did you see everybody? I saw most of them. Um, I love those guys all year. The, we miss them. Every everyone that like we normally hang out with, 
Well, I, we didn't get to see, see yeah. your, the guy you were, who was putting you on the deer, right? No. I, he wasn't here this year. He wasn't here this year. Um, we miss you, bro. He's not going to listen. No, he won't listen to this bullshit. Um, you could tell him. <laughs> but I saw everyone. Mark would beat you in cornhole then. In, in, in our age, face. age range. I didn't see any of the, the oh, older okay. people. Gotcha. So young Josh and. Yeah, I saw him. Sweet. Yeah. No, we love your family, Chad. They're weirdos, but... Yeah, there are kind of weirdos. <laughs> exactly. So, man, we got one minute till we should uh, give Nikki Staggs a call. Oh, dude, you yep. should have seen this fucking fat steelhead uh, I caught. It was his, obese. We're, we're, we'll get to that after uh, we talk to our guests. It was fucking obese. Uh, what's the... Did he post it on fly, your page? The fly... Uh, 716. Yep, there you go. 716 Outfitters. There you go. He's good shit. And we are back with Nick Sagnabeni from 716 Fly Fishing. What is happening, Nick? What's going on, guys? Uh, all is well in, uh, in Ohio, PA. It's all good here, man. We're getting some rain. Yeah. Fall has turned in uh, the last few it's days. Been moist. <laughs> moist. <laughs> moist. <laughs> Can't say that right. But, uh, no, we actually, moist. what, three days ago, it's our first fall uh, weather of the season, and probably the same for you, right? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, we get whatever you guys are getting after. Sometimes a little bit harder off that that lake, um, and thankfully it's not uh, not too cold yet. Otherwise, I think we would be having some lake effect snow. We've got uh, got some lake effect rain that's been coming in off the off the east side of Lake Erie there. So, you know, I will uh, I'll take forties all day. Yeah, I think uh, when I woke up this morning it was about thirty eight. So, you know, it can it can stick around that. 38 to 55 that's that's perfect for us you know what i'd take 28 in snow over 38 in rain every, any day that is wow. what it is you know what? i won't complain about that you know what i mean <laughs> that i won't say no that 38 in rain it just uh, it gets you in the bones it, it, it really chills you down there for sure <laughs> now, good news is is maybe this will at least set a nice water table going into winter for us now help help hold the, well, the creeks and rivers up a little bit it uh it can't be much worse than the last year we've had. I'll tell you that. Exactly. Uh, that was a tough one, and um, I, uh, I, I probably did the the least amount of uh, local trout in, uh, in in about five years, just because the flows were so, the temperatures were 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 okay, but uh, man, those flows just were ugly. So but, since you didn't do as much good. trout fishing, what uh, would you focus most of your time on? Because we know you didn't stop fishing. <laughs> yeah, you uh, got to keep it going. But uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, but uh, a lot of carp that's fishing. true. Uh, did a lot of uh, predator fishing. But, uh, you know, this summer, um, kind of as soon as that, that spring uh, dry fly season uh, winded down, which was very early because uh, how crappy the uh, the levels were. Um, you know, just right back out west for uh, for a month. So, kind of uh, extended the dry fly season that way. Uh, got in out there before 
they had that uh, the terrible water levels and the hoot owls and that sort of thing, uh, but came back and did about uh, two straight months of, of carp fishing. So it uh, it was fun, and uh, you know they're 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 tough. They're tough, and I uh, I definitely respect the carp on all fronts. So kept me busy. Did you, uh, did you guys get the cicada? Did you get the fish cicada for them up there? You know, I did not. Uh, down there in Ellicottville, we're probably a little, just a little bit far north for the cicada. But uh, I did see a couple random ones. Um, I know. Did you guys, you guys got out and, and got after them a little bit over there, didn't you? No, they weren't around no, here no, either. No, we didn't have them either. Yeah, nothing good No, here, you man. didn't. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> we got the shaft. That was Central PA. <laughs> Central PA got it a little more. Yeah, I um, I, you know, I was talking to some guys out in the river, and it was one thing they told me: you can't miss the, the PA cicada. You got to go chase them. And you know, I just uh, I was doing pretty well locally on uh, on some subsurface stuff for the carp, so I just couldn't bring myself to go around and chase them. And I, I think that would be fun. I, I, I believe what down in Tennessee and. And uh, that area, they get the uh, the full blast of them. Yeah, they they got the uh, the cicada money shot. Yeah. So one day, you know, mark that one off the bucket list. But uh, didn't do any cicada stuff. That would be cool if they made it this way. But uh, yeah, not this far north, unfortunately. So let's dig into carp real, real quick, like why? Because he's talking about it. Ah. So um. <laughs> <laughs> Or do you have like certain flies that you you prefer to throw for the carp, or is it just a uh, body of water specific, or do you have like some go tos for anywhere you go? Very watershed specific. Um, you know, basically any carp cracker pattern. You can use big stone flies. Um, I've used uh, bonefish gotchas. Uh, when that water's midsummer, low and clear, and I get a rust or a tan uh, gotcha, um, they seem to go after anything that looks kind of buggy, crayfishy, uh, that sort of thing. Um, small pair of dumbbell eyes on a size two hook, and uh, some some chenille and a couple couple rubber legs off of it, and you know I think it's it's really your approach for the most part. Um, definitely, you know, a lot of smaller creek streams, uh, I was spending my time on 20, 30 foot wide, give or take. And, um, you know, they're harder than trout. They, they are not easy. And the good thing is that they're, they, they, what I found this year is they really worked in cycles. So if one, if the fly didn't work on one fish, a lot of times I could stay in the same spot and they would just continue to rotate in this pool or in or out and a new fish would come in. And as long as you gave it a right presentation and you got a look, I would kind of stick with the fly. But, uh, you know, rubber legs, small dumbbell eyes and, uh, you know, a good drop, a good presentation, uh, I think are more important than the, the true, true fly pattern. Um, but uh, nothing too heavy. You know, for the most part, the fish were kind of patrolling in uh like a foot to three feet what i was targeting so uh nothing kerplunky um but uh some 20 inch stone flies for when i had to really get it down quick um but 
that's uh, that's one thing I love about the carp is they're they're general bottom feeders. So, you know, again, that presentation outlook really kind of kind of take precedence there, and um, got uh, got into some good ones this year. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely made it fun. Uh, some great sight fishing, just just some sows cruising around. So you know when they're when they're muddying up a a trail that's thirty feet downstream, you know you got a good one uh, cook, cooking in there. And uh, they're aggressive; they can be aggressive and chase down. I had some good ones chase down. Uh, so you know on that front, some of those aggressive uh, carp. You, you know, you might have been able to get away with a woolly bugger or something and uh, have those carp chase it right down. You know, I know on the Niagara, I've had that happen before. Some uh, kind of higher caloric meals and they'll they're they don't mess around on that river on any species. So, yeah, man. Hey, are you guiding it all for the carp or is that just guides day off? Uh, so for the most part, guides day off. If I have a semi-experienced angler, I will do a trip for them. Um, working on uh, next year, uh, I think I'm going to start involving that more into uh, the program just because this year was such a great success. And I'm really starting to push out of midsummer trout in our area, just giving them a rest. I mean, now that we're going to be able to uh, fish for them this year, uh, year round, normally our season closes October 15th for trout, and there's only a select few streams that are open in the winter. Uh, this year is different. The New York State decided to change that up and has created a catch and release uh, in all artificially in all trout waters all winter long, which is going to be fantastic, I think. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. And there's so many, so many fisheries that are going to, they're, they're going to be really good midwinter uh, trout streams. So the fact that we'll be able to fish that just, you know, it, it'll, it'll be nice to get, again, give them a, give them a break in the, in the summer. Um, I will do some trips coming into this year. Uh, I will do some Allegheny trips. Um, if that river fished this year, uh, basically in all of August or September, I uh, would have been on it, but the Allegheny was just blown for. It, it was I bad. Mean, it's, it's still blown out. I mean, it's been. I don't even. I don't think it's been fishable for. Oh gosh, uh, like three months, like two months. It's ridiculous. So, getting in out of that side of things, um, some bigger water out of the drift boat. Uh, you know, stealth fishing, sight fishing. Um, yes, but uh, next year we'll we'll definitely work that into the program and. Um, hopefully that Allegheny turns around and, and, uh, gives us an opportunity on there, but, uh, definitely going to give the trout uh, a little break next year. I believe, unless we get a summer of fifties and sixties, I mean, Hey, going to take advantage, but it yeah. hasn't been like that the last two. So yeah, you're not gonna give them that much of a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So with so, the, uh, we, with uh, the trout being open all year round, are you going to leave the steelhead alone a little bit more this year? You know, probably I, I be, when, when guide season, when, when the fall guide season for steelhead really kind of winds down um, a little bit about middle end of December, uh, getting into January and February uh, is normally when I do most of my inland winter trout fishing. 
probably will still do just as much. Um, but I think I will give the steelhead a little bit more of a break. Uh, the good thing about getting into those ice cold months is a lot of anglers still, you know, it's not too crazy on the water. Crazy time is during peak guide season, which is going to be the next kind of six to eight weeks. And you got to deal with it regardless. Um, we are just talking, you know, this week, uh, the steelhead waters are going to be a little high, I think, all week long from the rain we're getting. So it'll be a, a week dedicated to probably some inland uh, inland fishing and, um, you know, getting back on uh, some streams that I haven't fished in months, uh, which will be good. Uh, kind of just a new scene, new, a change of pace. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like steelhead, but there's only so much. In a sense, you know, I, I enjoy fishing for them. If the Canaragas fishes all winter long like we had last year, you know what? I I will do as much steelhead fishing on there as I can, swinging flies or bobbering. Uh, but uh, yeah, I took a look at it last night. I was uh, I was on it, and it's it's probably done for two weeks minimum right now. So yeah, uh, if we if we even get to fish it this fall, that would be great. But I'm leaning towards uh, probably not much time on it. So, so um, in the next six to eight weeks, if someone wants to book a trip with you, are you able to, or are you booked out, or what? What's that looking so like? So I have I have, I have some open days, thankfully. Um, first week in November, there are a couple couple open days. Um, December, I have a couple sporadic open days. Um, thankfully, uh, I am, uh, pretty filled up on the schedule for the next, uh, two months, which, uh, I'm happy about. And, uh, you know, all, again, if it's warm all winter, I will keep trips rolling right on in and at 30, 35, 40 degrees, you know, it's, it's a lot nicer for clients, uh, to enjoy steelhead fishing during those temps than, you know, a normal winter, which is about 25 degrees for us. So, um, I will keep booking as long as the weather and the water provides. Absolutely. I'll fill in any days I can. Absolutely, man. So you also mentioned uh, predator fishing. What, uh, what have you been doing this year? seems like you've been, uh, doing a lot more, uh, big green fish fishing. You know, I have, I've been trying to do as much, um, you know, kind of targeting some some larger fish, you know, on all fronts, which is, you know, hunting, it's fun. Um, I love going out there and nymphing and catching 30 fish, and it's really enjoyable. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the big game stuff, the pike, the muskie, even targeting some walleye bias, which has been fun the last, uh, last two years, um, trying to get as much of that in as possible. Uh, went up to the north country of New York and uh, – did about three and a half days of uh, river musky fishing. We did pretty good. Um, saw some fantastic, uh, some, some giant, giant muskies. And uh, we went uh, five for 13 in three days. So uh, pretty good up there. I did a Wisconsin stop uh, on my uh, on way home from uh, Montana this summer again. And uh, me and my buddy Justin uh, stopped and visited Weston, well, my buddy Weston Thier in uh, northern Wisconsin there and hung out uh, on the Flambeau and uh, the Chip. And we did okay there. Again, they've been they've been struggling with some water temperatures and some water levels as well. Uh, even last year when I was out there in 
uh, what was it, October, uh, just warm, low water. And we, had, we got one last year, and then this, uh, this last session uh, in the end of June – we uh we got 138 so wasn't uh wasn't killer a couple pikes some smallmouth another walleye but uh it's it was tough it was tough i hear water levels i've kind of recuperated out there and um things are better so i'm hoping to uh hoping to make my way over there but uh you know we've between between you guys and and here in western new york we've got enough uh musky water to satisfy for you to not have to drive 11 hours for years (laughs) for years so you know that's a that's the beauty of our area is we've we've got it all we may not have true wisconsin musky rivers or uh you know things like that or out west trout rivers but we've got a piece of it all and variety is king in my book yeah man if you had to chase same fish every day i think it would get very boring very fast Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, granted, it it would probably get boring to a point. Not Um, for Mark. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's, uh, that's why we love to travel. That's why we love to travel and can, you know, in the last couple of years with COVID and other things, um, it's really allowed me to travel more in the last two years than I almost have in, in the, you know, quite a few prior, uh, and all over. So I'll be back down to Mexico again this spring. And, um, I imagine we're back to Montana and Idaho and in June and July. And, um, who knows after that, but, uh, that's the good thing. Uh, you know, we're, we're still able to travel and, and bounce around. And speaking of traveling, you went out West since, uh, since last time we spoke. You want to talk yep. about your trip a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, just throw your boat on there and get the hell out. Put as much shit yeah, in there just, as you, you know, can. It was a, uh, it was a, you know, a, a tough spring, um, guide wise. Just good steelhead, good smallmouth lake run scene, um, some mediocre hatches mediocre inland trout flows so it it was it was a tough um it was a tough trout spring uh guide season uh got it done we we did did well uh but boy did we have to work for them and so the season was already ending before before a normal year and we were in the last week of may and i was already on my last trip it was just it it, i wasn't even booking anything else the water was at, at just death lows and um Catches were about done already, and we're just there's boats all over. It's just done working the fish, and uh, so me and my buddy Justin planned on uh, again loading the boat up, loading the dog up, and uh, we uh, ended up making our way um, directly to uh, Bozeman, uh, Montana, to visit a buddy out there. And uh, boy, we we had a hell of a month. Um, we hit hit the bugs as as good as you really could have out there. So we, uh, first stop was Bozeman and, uh, we went right to, uh, right to the Henry's fork. So it, uh, was prime time, uh, Brown Drake, green Drake flobs and, um, uh, the sulfur looking bug out there. What the heck? 
can't can't think of the name of it, of course, right now. Um, but not important. Oh, PMDs, PMD, <laughs> Blizzard PMDs everywhere, and uh, it was uh, it was epic. Um, we hit the, hit the fabled Brown Drakes on the ranch, which was just I just 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 incredible. The the size of the rainbows coming up, the amount of uh, big bugs flapping around on the water. It was. Um, it was definitely. I could see how people have written books about it and and have talked about it in history. It was pretty crazy, and you know that was um, that was our first four days, five days, and it really set a good tune for uh, for us the whole trip. I mean, it was phenomenal. So, um, are you just tenning right on the side of the Henry's Fork uh, on those four days, and uh, how are you running a shuttle for your you know for your boat? Yeah. So. Um, we did, gosh, we didn't book one Airbnb. It was all um, primitive camping or booking um, booking sites, just tent sites, some on the side of the river, some in campgrounds. Um, but all tent and cot scenario uh, the whole trip. And uh, we ended up uh, meeting up with some buddies out there, and we did run a couple shuttles with them, but... Everywhere we went, we had to book uh, book some shuttles, unfortunately, and that really was the most expensive part of the entire month was uh, was shuttles, and it normally is. We were expecting it, but at $35 a day for a shuttle, I mean, I was, next year going to have to figure something else out because uh, it starts to add up you need big to pack, time. You need to pack one of the little e-bikes in the back of the boat. We didn't, and last year I brought my mountain bike, and we utilized that like crazy. Uh, I mean, I remember the, on the Snake we did South Fork, we did uh, like five straight days of um, just bike shuttles up and down and up and down. That was the most expensive shuttle we had last year, and we just and we just <laughs> called it quits on that and just started biking. So I thought about bringing the bike out this year. We just weren't sure what kind of float miles we were going to get ourselves into. Uh, it would have been doable, but next year I think we'll, we'll end up bringing them bringing a bike out again. It's just, uh, you know, you, that's all, that's beer money you're saving out there. Or another set of buddies, another, oh, yeah. another, another yeah, boat with some buddies some and having two yep. vehicles would be another way to, you know, kind of get around that. Maybe one of them, named, yep. maybe one of them named Jay. In the next yeah, couple well, years. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Next year, we've got a double shuttle. Then. I mean, it's fan- that sounds fantastic. He's going to lose your net. <laughs> I'll lose the net, but I'll save you all the money in shuttles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that would be nice. And, um, you know, like I said, we met up with some buddies. We did some same floats. We worked some shuttles. Um, but, um, you know, we just did. We, were, we, we did whatever we wanted. So, you know, we couldn't bank on anything or anyone. And. I mean, we fished like six different rivers in that month, five different, at least, at least five. If I went through one, two, three, yeah, about five, five or six. So, um, are you, are you talking yeah, about all them dry fly eats I had to watch? Son of a bitch. Uh, we were fishing this hatchery water, you know? It looked and like it, was, it uh, man. It looked really like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just yeah, kept some, watching like, is this some, um, some killer stuff. We did some we did some uh, 
I think our best dry fly fishing. I mean, God, it was good on the Henry's Fork was really crazy. Some good rainbows on the Henry's Fork. Uh, we got into some okay browns. We really just could not could not get into some of those big browns on on Henry's. They just uh, were working us over. I mean, really just it was surprising how we had a week of fantastic rainbows, but any brown we got into was just kind of shredding us. Um, we went up to the Missouri, and again, just some of the largest rainbows I've ever I've ever seen in, in catch. It was something that I've never seen before. <laughs> it was just you got pods of 15 rainbows, and they're all 18 to 25 inches, and they're feeding nonstop and they don't even you can throw a fly over them and they don't even care they just won't eat your fly they'll just continue to keep eating and it's like all right you son of a bitch all right <laughs> so uh the the missouri was just uh, just unbelievable i mean the pmds going off were just something that i will not miss again it was it was it was truly truly crazy and the mo carries a big name to it and uh this year i really saw why um i did Firsthand, see some absolutely large browns, some of the biggest browns I've seen, mid-20s. So um, they were there, and, you know, we did see them rising, just couldn't capitalize. But uh, we really uh, put the hammer on the browns once we popped over to uh, the Beaverhead. And that was a spur of the moment, leaving the Missouri. We were going to head to the Yellowstone and try to hit uh, the last of the salmon flies and um, – the Beaverhead was the only, only, only river we saw on the gauges with water. So, we we uh, you know made a spur of the moment trip there, and it was three days of the most epic dry fly fishing I've ever done in my life. So I got a question. Finally, I got a question. finally, big browns. <laughs> I got a question for you about being an Eastern guy getting ready for a month long trip. <sighs> How do you prepare for what bugs you're going to need out there? Or do you take a vice and tie flies as you go or buy flies you know, from shops? Or? For, for out there, um, I brought all my East Coast flies, um, a lot of my sulfurs uh, in all colors, um, you know, light orange, cream, um, hard yellow. I brought them all. They worked to just different variants um, I, I didn't tie many flies and I purchased, um, a few prior, but I really waited to get out there. Um, I came out with a ton of spinners. Um, it was really those like for the brown drakes on the Henry's fork. I had a plethora of drakes and all styles. I was using March Brown variants. I was using ISO variants. Um, and they were huge dries, I mean, size six and eights. Um, and got the first two nights, I mean, we got a couple, but, you know, you're watching these size eight and six brown drakes rolling right in front of you, and these giant fish are eating, and then you're throwing your almost identical fly into them, and they're still not eating your fly. You know, we, we were headed right to the fly shop to buy <laughs> any precise fly we could, so... Uh, we really fine-tuned our flies there uh, on all fronts, especially on uh, the Missouri. They were pretty technical on their fly choice. 
Um, drift, I think, was most important on all fronts, but um, the the flies there uh, were definitely you had to you had to really key in on what they were utilizing. And what I found, and a lot of people did tell me, was uh, no duns on the Missouri. I didn't fish a single dun really. They were all spent, split wing, uh, rusty, translucent. Um, they really were not eating any like true popped up duns on the water, which was a first for me. And, uh, you know, it, it meant that I couldn't use about 80% of my boxes. So (laughs) that's great. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So it really, you know, again, just another piece that makes you a better angler on all fronts, uh, variety, uh, differentiating flies, techniques, tippets, um, you know, no mending out there. We really couldn't have mended at all on the Missouri. They were super finicky. Everything was a reach cast. If you didn't have the right reach cast, just pull it on out and and make another cast. So, you know, you got to be really proficient on some of those rivers. And I think coming from the East with both fly choices and uh, how difficult our trout fisheries are, especially the, the floatable rivers in a sense, the West Branch of the Delaware, which um, you know, I've spent the last ten years fishing, which is a son of a bitch to really get those fish to eat. That really has helped fine tune the techniques and the fly choices and the drifts uh, to be successful. Um, I do think that side of being an East Coast angler helps. The Missouri apparently is one of the most technical rivers in in the lower forty eight. I think we have some of the most technical true tailwater wild trout fisheries on the east coast as well which is the west branch of the delaware or the delaware in general uh here in new york so i do think both fishing over there and our flies that we've had to rotate through size 18s 20s 22s i mean it's really some finicky fish um undoubtedly uh helped uh helped us close the deal on on some good fish out there and, you know, it was really, like I said, it was really amazing to see how many fish and how big of the fish they were uh, just continuously rising. And if you didn't have the right cast and you didn't have the right fly, I mean, they would just eat in front of your face. And, you know, I remember one time looking at my patch, I had 30 friggin' flies on there <laughs> in an hour. It's like, okay, what's going on here? So, not that uh, just like anywhere, they'll piss you off. But I think. Us, our, us trout anglers on the East Coast, we have to diversify a little bit more. There's a longer feeding period. Um, they're uh, kind of clearer tail waters. Um, I think that on all fronts really, you know, it, it, if you can catch fish on the East Coast on some of these wild trout rivers, on the tail waters especially, you can go out west and you can do pretty well for the most part. On, on like the Henry's Fork, a good drift. With the right fly, I mean, just like anywhere they would eat. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't as technical as on, on the east at all. A good drift, and a lot of times those fish were eating. So the the, the one that really was uh, was the toughie was the Missouri, and it was a good ass kicking for us. That's what, I, that's what we love. That's what I love. That's why I enjoy going out there, especially to there, uh, and enjoy going to the Delawares. Just like I really just love getting my ass kicked all day long. You pop through, you go a little bit. <laughs> so hey, I'd be remiss 
to to not ask you a question. Mark wrote a question down. Wanted me to ask it for you. Uh, you yeah. meant you mentioned spinners earlier. He want he want to know if it's a CP swing or a Panther Martin. Well, Meps, he got a Meps. <laughs> I, I, is that a Meps spinner? <laughs> no, that was Jason because he don't know what anything is. Martin spinner under a dry fly is what I had going there. Well, it's a dropper spinner, you know. <laughs> what the fuck is he talking the old, about? The old, uh, the old rusty spinner. <laughs> we rusty love spinner. it. Type type well, P M D oh. on the treble. So, so there, exactly there you go. So when you're going, to it. well, listen. So when you're going through there hunting, hunting those fish, I mean, ultimately you're you're doing a lot of a spotting fish, right? You sit and watched a lot of spotting fish. Um, you know, we started to find a lot of holding water where we knew the fish were sitting. Um, when we were on the Missouri, we had about. Four to five hours of great dry fly fishing. Um, each day we were there, and it was mainly PMDs coming off, and then them eating all the spence. Um, and we we were able to anchor up on some really good pods for a while. It felt like East Coast fishing, where you just drop anchor and you just set up and you keep rotating through these fish in the pod that are rising. Um, we barely did any nymphing, which was fantastic. We tried to do as little as possible. So we had a lot of downtime in the boat because when there wasn't any dries happening, um, you know, we throw a couple streamers around, but we really were just trying not to do as much nymphing as possible. Um, we were doing a lot of prospecting in between pools and through riffles. Um, but, uh, we, you know, a lot of times especially on the Missouri, we were set up on fish for quite a long time because those pods would just continue to, to feed. You could hook one, pull it out and the pod would still feed as long as there was bugs. Um, the Henry's fork was, was pretty, pretty similar. Uh, you know, not as hardy of a pool or of a pod of fish feasting. Uh, you knock one out, you can kind of push down and try to find another fish. Um, and then the beaver had, uh, was a little unique because the water was so high that we really couldn't fish the main channel. And so what we did is uh, we found the tiniest braids we could. Um, I mean, the water was it was absolutely ripping uh, for um, irrigation downstream. And so you, and it was the only thing fishing. So you had 100 boats going through in like five hours and i wish i could say that was an exaggeration but it wasn't unfortunately uh because it was the only name in town so what we did is we found the, the tiniest uh braids that no boats could go down and we would pull off at the bottom of the braids and walk them up and it seemed to be that all the big fish in the main channel were pushed and in, pushed into these flat side braids and they were just putting a feeding clinic on pmds and we would just walk up braid by braid and pick them off one by one by one and it was just i felt like i was in new zealand walking up a, a, a creek and these you're just watching these fish in gin clear water just come up and eat and you're just prepping yourself downstream Casting up, drifting down, and they're coming up. And he, I mean, it was just like textbook. That's super just cool. Just textbook. So, 
we had three days of that, and that was some of the most memorable dry fly fishing I've ever had. I watched um, it. <laughs> it was just, just crazy, and nobody's in these braids because they're all with guides and they're all just bobbering downstream and they're getting fish. Granted, they're you know they're doing okay, but um, you know we come down to the end of the braid to get back in the boat, and five boat five other boats would roll by us, and we'd hop in the boat. And we would bypass all those boats because we weren't even fishing the main channel. And we would just cut back off on another braid. And we started finding, you know, the same braids day after day that once the bugs were coming off, we could get after those similar fish, not all the same fish. Um, we noticed that different fish were rotating in the braids, but just, just, I mean, you know, just beautiful stuff. I mean, you know, nobody would hate it. It was, um, it was great. It was absolutely great. Size 16 PMDs, happy fish. They were all around 20 to 23 inches. Um, all big brown sight fishing, not too technical of casts. And it was really like just, yeah, just one of the, one of the, one of the things I remember for, for a long, long time. And um, like I said, it was just awesome. The braids too. It was something, something really unique. And, um, have to remember it for next spring. Absolutely, man. That sounds like a like a little secret gem. It was. So, you know, we had our moments of anchored up, and we had our moments of uh, drifting around. So um, we did. We definitely did a lot of sitting, though, and um, lost an anchor on the Henry's Fork. Our rope ripped, it, ripped in half on us. So, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, thankfully we were able to uh, – Justin was standing in the back of the boat and I was pulling the anchor up. It must have must have shredded on the uh, PVC tube running along the bottom. And um, I was like, oh, the rope broke. And he thankfully turned around in the back of the boat and grabbed it before it left the last pulley. So we had a day without an anchor before we had to go buy another rope. And, uh, you know, we really didn't run into too many, um, too many rocks out there. You know, for the most part, uh, all is well on the banging around. And uh, but the dry fly scene, I mean, as soon as we left about July 1st, people were calling me and saying, oh, this is hoot owled already. The big hole is hoot owled already. Uh, the Madison was already getting hoot owled, um, you know, fish until noon and done. And uh, we uh, we got lucky. We hit it basically perfectly. Yeah, man, that's, that's once in a lifetime, you know, luck. Did you get Well, on? hopefully we all hit it this year. Yeah. When we are all out there. Did you uh did you get on the Madison at all this year? Yeah, so um we floated gosh two three days on the Madison and uh we really tried to hit the salmon flies well. They just really weren't there. Uh we did okay nymphing, but um streamer fishing okay. It was it was tough. I, we had some of the windiest days I've ever been in the boat on, um, where you know the Madison. What do they call it? Uh, Fifty mile riffle or something like that, or some extended <laughs> some extended mileage riffle, uh -huh. uh, where it's just move, move. Have you guys floated the Madison at all? Uh, I get to float it one day. Yeah, just just moving the whole time. Oh yeah, you know? and, yeah. It was it was when we were there. It was floating fast, and there were about forty mile an hour winds. 35 mile an hour wind, so we were, we were going yep, quickly. and every day we were on it, that's how it was. And it was 
upstream wind. So like we were literally locking our oars in the river the whole time to even go downstream. And, you know, I've got a skiff. It wasn't even, it doesn't even ride high. So we, um, you know, we couldn't do any more of that wind. We got out of there. Same thing on the Yellowstone. We fished the stone, um, got into a couple cutties, some small browns, uh, prospecting the whole time with salmon flies. What a beautiful river. Um, I just can't get enough of the Yellowstone. I did good on it last year on the trip. Uh, streamer fishing it this year was a little this year was the roughest uh i've had on the stone and uh and the madison but uh the winds really kicked our ass big time yeah man that that's rough um geez well well well, well uh, welcome yeah, to yellowstone was, uh, man what do you we expect did have a dude? come right up on us on the yellowstone though after oh. we got out of our camp it was uh pretty crazy we were uh on the uh just pulled over to shore having a safety meeting and uh i look uh look over my shoulder i'm standing up look over my shoulder on the bank we're on and just 30 feet up this bear is running back from the river's edge back up the bank stops at the top looks at me and uh i about uh about shit but all i'm i'm yelling at justin pull anchor pull anchor and <laughs> right just just thick brush next to us um, where it could have just came along. The bank was about 10 feet high. It could have came right along the bank. It looked like a 200-pound cub to me. This is going to jump um, in the boat? Definitely grizzly, and I was just like, get off this bank immediately, um, which we did. Uh, we actually went right across the river, ferried right across the river, and there were fresh bear tracks on the other side of the river too. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, that was a that was a good wake up call for us on the on the Yellowstone just out of the park. Did um, did Buford get to see the, the bear? Oh yeah, he saw it and he didn't move. He didn't react <laughs> to it. He did not move. He looked at it and I like looked where he was looking and that's when I saw the bear. And uh, yeah, no, uh, he thankfully is he's he's not dumb. So, you know, between bears or moose or elk, he uh, he knows his limits, and he does not uh, does not antagonize them. Thankfully, that's good. You always uh, do you take bear spray and everything else out there with you? Yeah, so bear bells, bear spray. Um, you know, I'm singing all day long, singing stupid songs that don't make sense. I'm kind of just jingling around. Doing, you want to live, making make noise. <laughs> um, I, you know, they're always in the back of my mind. And we, uh, we fished uh, a small creek in, um, the Centennial, uh, mountains there in between Montana and Idaho, uh, just a giant cutthroat fishery. I mean, these fish were, they're just, they're just stupid large, uh, like 20 to 25 inch cutties. Just, they, they remind me of dumb lake run rainbows, but, um, they're dumb lake run cutties instead. <laughs> Uh, and they're, they're, they're so fun, but gosh, you're in prime grizzly habitat and, uh, just such thick lowland area around the Creek that you, you, you would never even know you could be 10 feet from a bear or a moose. Um, last trip there, I saw two moose and, uh, we had a fresh grizzly print right in the river. So, you know, they are there. And they are way closer than I think. Um, 
each trip out there, I see so much bear sign. It's incredible. So, you know, we're in prime grizzly habitat between Island Park on the Henry's Fork, um, which is about an hour from the Centennials. Um, even getting around the Madison Valley, I think a guy was just killed fishing the Madison last year um, up uh, just on the west side of Yellowstone Park on the upper end of the Madison. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there. Uh, it's And having the dog is both a, a blessing and a curse, I think, sometimes because he's just jetting around some of these corners a little quick. And, you know, I've got those bear bells ringing on him. But, uh, you know, it's always, it always makes the hair on, the, on my neck stand up. So, you know, I think uh, bear spray for sure. But, you know, next year I might might look into kind of carrying as well just to be on the safe side. This is a stupid question, but did uh, do you follow nature as metal on Instagram? I do. Yeah. Did you see the bear that ate the elk? Stupid question, Jack. Did you see the bear that ate the elk in the middle? Yeah. So right right in Yellowstone. Yeah. And that was right after that was right after we left actually last year. Uh, which was pretty interesting. And uh, again, you know, we were rummaging around Yellowstone Park. And um, as long as, you know, I hope uh, no Yellowstone Park officials are listening, but uh, we had the dog roaming around on some of the smaller streams over there with us and, um, you know, some 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 safe waters. But uh, we got out and fished some tiny, tiny streams. But, God, it's just, you know, you, you don't you don't take 10 steps with uh, without being – like holy crap, this is just prime grizzly habitat. Like no wonder I, no wonder they're all over. So, um, yeah, you know it's just out there in that kind of uh, greater Yellowstone ecosystem they call it, it you, where all the grizzlies are. You just always gotta, you always gotta take precautions. And sometimes we have a hard time camping because there's no soft side camping, no tents. Um, and you need to have a hard hard camper or a hard top or something like that. So uh, when we left Cody, Wyoming, uh, me and my girlfriend Steph last year, uh, we had to kind of go through uh, like 30 miles of prime camping along a river because we just we weren't allowed to spend any time over there because we didn't we didn't have a hard side. So um, you know they definitely take it serious um, this year especially. Uh, we found out firsthand, uh, how serious, you know, the food alarm is, uh, not leaving anything out. You know, we did have a ranger, uh, get pretty mad at us for, uh, leaving, um, leaving some onions out actually accidentally. Uh, but it just goes that, you know, it, it opens your eyes more and more. Every time you got out there, I get more respectful of, of the scene and, uh, you know, the awareness and, uh, being prepared on all fronts, but, um, they're getting a lot of traffic out there. There, I mean, I just saw something a couple of weeks ago. Yellowstone had the most visitor, visitors this year than it ever has before. So a lot of idiots rolling around and they've got to keep everyone in check. And, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to be more precautious. And I'm getting that every time I'm getting that more and more every time I go out there. And so, you know, I know when I, when I head back out there next year, it's going to, again, it's going to be. As, as precautious as possible i'm gonna have five sacks of bear bells on beaufort and a couple on myself and uh maybe i'll double holster two bear sprays and and uh look like a real big uh, bear spray guy out there yeah man <laughs> <laughs> should wear an inflatable inflatable uh suit like a sumo so you look bigger yeah yeah exactly why you exactly. fish you should get one of those suits that the uh, the guys to get attacked by attack dogs wear. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, right on the arm. <laughs> yeah, just in case. You know, just wear it around 
all the time. <laughs> yep. It seems like yep, some so. seems like good attire to go creek stomping in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you get a chance to do a uh, touristing while you're out there? Or- uh, we didn't. We didn't do too much. Boy, we burned the candle at both ends. Um, the whole trip, we were up early, and we were. The good thing about June out there is there's like eight hours of darkness. I think. Yeah. So you're up early. The bugs are starting fairly early. And you're going all night. Um, what I what we did this time was we took a lot of midday breaks uh, was our biggest thing. And it was because it was so hot. Um, just middle of the day was like, I don't think a lot of times it got below like 85 degrees. When we were on the Missouri, it was like 95 degrees in the middle of the day. And, you know, it's a tailwater at like 61 degrees. And I'm out there, you know, swimming around next to the boat. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And the you can you know the fish respond to it as well. Um, so do the bugs. You know, middle of the day, if you had clouds, you probably have a lot lot better fishing. But it just you're burnt out. You know, we get in one twenty one fish, with twenty one inch fish. We you know we might have might have had a shot or you know another safety meeting or something. So you know by like one two o'clock, you're like, all right, I might need a nap. It's been a it's been a long morning already. So um, long 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 days. Uh, and those midday camp stops, you know, we did a lot of floats where we went a mile up above the, our, our, our campsite, tried to stay on the river as much as possible, uh, which was pretty easy to do on, on every one. Uh, we would just float, uh, float down, uh, to our camp, relax for a little bit, and then, uh, continue to float right on down, uh, past to, uh, our takeout where we got our shuttle. So, um, definitely, uh. Definitely, we're burning uh, all day long. So it was uh, not too much touristy stuff uh, stuff to be had. Uh, we really just fished hard, which you know that you know it was nice. I did the touristy scene last time. Yeah, we were. I was in. I was in a lot more touristy areas. Uh, I mean, when I was on the Madison the first time, uh, Quake Lake and that whole historic uh, that uh, historic area there was good to kind of check out. So we didn't do that one. We were on the Madison this year. Um, I don't really know what touristy stuff we could do in Craig, Montana, except visit the three fly shops that make up Craig, Montana. So uh, there wasn't anything else to do there. Um, we did a little bopping around in Bozeman. We, we, we hung around in Bozeman uh, for quite a few days uh, just to kind of catch up and uh, take a shower at, uh, my buddy Ryan's out there. Thankfully he, uh, loaned us a shower quite a few times and his, his washer and dryer. So, uh, that was absolutely huge. Uh, would have been tough without that, but, um, you know, it, uh, next, next trip, you know, I think we might, uh, detour up to Glacier and do some touristy stuff up there. You know, if it's a little easier going in Canada, we'll work our way right up into Banff probably, um, and just kind of, you know, just, just kind of fish bum it up there and tourist bum it up there for a little bit as well. But, you know, this trip was, was strictly fishing through and through. So, which, you know, no complaints on. So you're already like check marking, uh, new rivers and areas that you want to fish for next year. Already, already, you know, the moment I got home, man, they, <laughs> there was, 
it was a my girlfriend's already on my case about you're already thinking about next year you're already thinking about what places you're gonna go to uh so so hell hell yes my only break away from you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next, so you know, I think um, she wants to do the glacier thing, and and if we can work up into Banff as well, uh, that's what we'll do. But uh, you know, there don't know if I could miss the PMDs on the Missouri or the Drakes on the Henry's Fork again because, gosh, it was just some some epic stuff. And the good thing is about that is. I that was a, about midway through the dry fly season where a couple weeks before there's a lot of other things going on Silver Creek out in Idaho um there were more salmon flies going off just before I got there on the Yellowstone um just some great fisheries to be had that I haven't touched and uh I mean there's a there's a million of them out there so you know it's just and just like around here it never ends and you you can mark you can continue to mark down all the rivers you want and until you get out there. I mean, we had a we had like twenty rivers we wanted to fish, and mm-hmm. we ended up just figuring out each river. We were we would spend quality time on it to figure it out and and really have uh, work our percentage a catch rate percentage up on each river versus spending a day on the Henry's Fork and then going over to something else and a day there and going over to something else. So we did a lot of quality time this last trip versus marking. Uh, marking ones off so you know maybe next year it'll be different i really want to spend some time inside the park again uh especially around june and and early july so uh you know didn't get to do that this this past trip uh but you know there hopefully will always be more absolutely man that sounds cool that sounds like a freaking fun trip and your buddy got to stay the whole month with you yeah, he would, yep, we uh we loaded we so we we dragged my boat and we loaded up his Tacoma. Uh so it was a nice um one off there. And uh so you know, we rocked out there and uh we really had a, a great time and we fished quite a bit back home. We had some absolutely epic days back home as well. I mean, we've got some good water between. He lives about a half hour south of me in in uh Pennsylvania and you know, just we, we've got good spring, you know, big, big browns, dry fly action. But when you're going out there and you're in the boat and you're just fishing countless rivers out of the boat, it's just a different scene. And so that was a first for him. And, uh, you know, he was on board as soon as I passed it along to him. And uh, we we had a good time and I mean, we 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 put the hammer down. We really put the hammer down, thankfully. And, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it was just one of many. We're definitely uh, gonna gonna probably plan some other uh, some other road trips and making it down your way, making it back down uh, some Appalachian stuff, I think. And you know, so, as soon as we can get uh, get back to Canada safe and sound, you know, a lot of trips up there. And uh, I miss uh, I miss our Canadian friends big time. But uh, yeah, yeah, he, my buddy Justin was out there, and um, we we crushed it. Speaking of road trips, you just got back from from one. Did you get to fish at all? Did, you know, did not get to fish uh, at all. And um, we were just talking. It's, it's been about uh, before this morning. Uh, it's been about two weeks that I haven't fished, which has probably been the most in ten years. <laughs> just uh, just incredible. I, I 
I, I was out of town for uh, a week um, and watched the Bills play the Titans, and that was a, a real sour a real sour finish. So instead of fishing, uh, I just drank myself into uh, oblivion there. Um, <laughs> That's a good town to do it in. Caught them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we didn't fish um, for a couple days before. Haven't fished a couple days after. But this morning, you know, got out and was able to uh, put a muskie in the boat and, and uh, lose another. So it was really good to uh, get the arm moving again. But, um yeah, uh, didn't get to do anything there. Just before Nashville, though, was up uh, in the North Country doing that musky trip up there. Uh, so I think uh, I did quite a bit, you know, prior to that break, which was nice. I'm uh, just tis the season right now. I mean, everything's fishing good. Uh, gonna get right back into it uh, tomorrow, I think. Um, you know, getting over the little, uh, a little bit of the plague and uh, just uh, the plague hangover, I think, and. Had a taste uh, of the plague. You know, just right back, <laughs> right back into it. So uh, hopefully, there's some big browns to be had this week. Yeah, man, it's good weather for it for sure. It's good weather. I wish you guys, you know, we lived closer. That way, uh, you know, we could pop out and do some floats and and have fun. But uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll just have to rendezvous here uh, sooner than later. I mean, you had a big hunting trip you just got back from, didn't you? Yeah, I just oh, got back. I just got back today. Yeah. Yep. It was a it was a good trip. Yeah. Ended up seeing a lot of well, deer. Caught zero fish. <clears throat> I had snake yeah, well. I had snakeheads but uh busting all around me, but didn't catch any. Yeah, that's uh that's on the list. Me and Jason were talking and uh you know, obviously I was hoping to hoping to make my way down for this uh the the cast tonight, but uh gotta get some snakeheads in. I hear good things. Or is it the boat? What do you got the bowfin over there? We got the bowfin around here. The snakeheads, like yeah. I said, were down south. Yep, yep. Those bowfin, uh, mark those off the bucket list for sure. Yeah, man, they're cool creatures for sure. Definitely yeah. different. Difference, yeah. And, uh, you know, we have them, um, we actually have a couple of them in the Niagara, and we have a couple of them in the mouths of Lake Ontario River, some of those kind of warmer, crappier rivers, like the mouth of Burt, the mouth of Oak Orchard, um, Wilson Harbor, uh, which is just north of me, about uh, about an hour. Um, pretty good population in those um, in those waters, but uh, just never never targeted them. That's one that's uh, you know been around and just haven't taken advantage of. Uh, but I see you guys have pulled some in, and they look they look fun. They are, man. They hit like like a freight train for real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll bend out hooks and everything. Or they, they're don't. A good time. or they don't bite because oh. I can't catch one of them fucking stupid things. One <laughs> <laughs> of the two they do. Well, I'll be in your I'll be in your neck of the woods in just a couple weeks, a few weeks, uh week of the twelfth, November twelfth. So I'll be up that way. Yeah, we'll have to get together and do a little fishing. We are definitely going to get together. I um, actually just had uh, a client of mine clear uh, a couple days uh, for that. So you better believe uh, we're going to get together and, and do some fishing. What do you think in the Niagara? You're meeting up with uh, Ryan, right? Yeah, I'll be with Evans um, for the most part, and I'm sure he'll be busy too. Well, we usually we know our way around there, so usually you know he'll be up there a couple days with us. And you know, I, I I'm not sure if we're going to be there all three days. I think we're going to do some other local fishing as well 
Are uh, is it just you, Jay, or are you bringing them, bringing anybody else up? Chad, you you popping up as well? I don't know. Uh, probably not this year. Wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to see. I I'm kind of like a Leonard Skinner. Call me the breeze, man. Wherever the wind blows yeah, me, I go. If he's allowed, that's, that's what he meant. You know, that's exactly that's. You're right. You're you're uh, you hit it on the head there. Um, but that'll be fun. I mean, you know, mark yourself. Get get your asses up here. We can do some musky fishing. Um, go hang out in Ryan's uh, Ryan's new fly shop there, and uh, just north of me in Springville, and uh, tie some flies and, and put some beers down. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see what he's got going up there. Finally, uh, somebody local that's you know got some ambition. Uh, and he's putting something together. So that boy is full of ambition. I'll tell you that much. Well, you know, I, I love it. I love Ryan. Um, you know, great guy. Just good. It's finally good to see someone just put something together. And uh, you know, it, as soon as you get up here, Jay, and if if you guys join him, I mean, God, I hope we remember those days because it's gonna we're gonna be we're gonna have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of having a good time, uh, any standout beers from your trip out west or your trip to Wisconsin? Um, so uh, Wisconsin, yes, uh, they have um, what is it? New Belgium, not New Belgium, New Belarus, uh, New Belarus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you know those are always nice to get your hands on. In Memphis and Nashville, let me tell you, I never want to drink a Miller Lite again. God damn, that's. That, I've never seen so many Miller Lights be flowing around anywhere. Um, I had quite a few highlights down there, which is always good. Uh, you know, we did – there was nothing else to do but sightsee and drink. So I didn't really – I unfortunately didn't get too much bourbon in me just because I had to maintain, uh, you know, maintain my head throughout the day. Did, uh, did you get to go but, to that uh, speakeasy? Did you get to ask so Will? So we did – we tried to get into some speakeasies. We weren't on it. We were unable to. One of the nights we were going to go, we were about to head there and didn't realize they had a uh, dress code, and uh, we were all jacked up in our Bills gear. So, you know, <laughs> we lost that one. Um, but uh, you know, I've never seen so many Bills fans in one place in my entire life. I, I want. Mean, I we, watched a... we took over Nashville, and that's not a joke. It's uh, it was it was unbelievable. You couldn't tell that game was in Nashville from watching it on the TV. Because mm-hmm. the Bills no, fans were cheering. It was incredible. And every time we walked around, you just were kind of put back on so many fans were there. Bills Mafia. Uh, they, did a, they did a fan percentage for what that's worth. Um, while we were actually at the game, they put it up, and it was like 50-something percent Bills fans to 40-something percent Titans fans there. So it just goes to show you the following that we had down there. I mean, they had like a 20,000 person tailgate that we went to. Um, it was just, it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. So, uh, just, just goes to show you that, uh, we show up. If that was four or five years ago, I bet that would have been a completely different story. Yeah. And boy, (laughs) we drank them out of beer. We, every time I would go up to kind of get, uh, Get some sort of beer. Every bar was out of something. And they'd always pass along, no, you guys drink us out of that. And I go, yeah, well, that'll happen. <clears throat> so you like uh, Josh Allen about as much as Ryan Evans does then? You know, big Josh Allen fan. You know, big Bills fan overall. It sucks when they're losing. And, you know, 
the last 10 years haven't really been into him super big. And everyone always is like, you know, are you a Bills fan? And I go genetically, you know, genetically, I'm a Bills fan. I, I love have it. to and, be. You know, I obviously love them when they're winning. And it's always nice because the, when they play good, who doesn't love the team? Um, but it hurts when they lose. And the last game, you know, we we were down around all season ticket holders and down to the last seconds, the fourth down, fourth quarter. Uh, it was a tough one to swallow there uh, on that front, that last game. So, you know, Josh Allen almost won it. What if he did win it? You know, he would have been the hero and talking this week. So um, it's a good thing we had a bye today because, uh, number one, I don't think my liver could have handled it anymore. Uh, but all, we all needed a break as well. Every Bills fan needed a break after the last game. Did so. you see what Tennessee did this week? So I did. They played Kansas good, City, right? Good God. They, yeah, they annihilated Did them. they smash them? It was 35 nothing at half. Wow. Oh my goodness. Or, no, I'm sorry. It was 20 it was 27. It was 27 nothing. It was 27 nothing a half and the game ended 27-3. Yeah, I didn't ever look at how many rushing yards uh what uh the running Henry, back had. Yeah, yeah Henry had. had yeah, it was 27 nothing a half. Was, he was an absolute sick freak. Like legitimate. We every time he got the ball, you know, it, it was just like get this guy get this guy out of here. I mean, I just closed my eyes. You just blast through and get another 20 yards, and it's like, all right. You know, you just can't contain them. And I didn't really know uh, – I won't say know about Derrick Henry, but I didn't know how great he, of a player he was, how great of a back. Uh, and my girlfriend knows more about football than me, and she's a bigger Bills fan than me. So the whole time she just keeps telling me about Henry, telling me about Henry, and then I finally saw him last game, and Wow. Talk about a Hall of Famer already. I mean, dude is just a monster, and he was unstoppable. And we got a pretty good defense. So does Kansas City. So it just goes to show you, you know, Tennessee is, I guess, there's nothing to mess with this year. He pushes grown men down like they're Hilly, children. He only went 29 like for 86 nothing. today, so he wasn't out of control no, today. No, no. no TDs. Was, they kept him contained. One of those things, though, he's like a battering ram. Well, he takes nine the players in the well, box to keep him from getting eight yards. At the beginning of the game, he, he, if you give him the ball at the beginning of the game, he might get three yards. Three yards. Yeah. Three yards, but he just crushed into you when he got those three yards. And by th- quarter three, quarter four, now those DBs, even the linebackers, like, ah, oh, shit, he's still coming, and this is going to suck. His They showed his uh, his workout regimen, and it's just he's a fucking freak. Six one two fifty. Yeah, it's yeah. Ooh, it's sick. Yeah, he, it, so it was a, it was, a, I, I it was think, good to have a break this week. We needed it on all fronts, on both mental and physical. I think the Bills would be all right though. They're a pretty damn good team, and you know, they're one of those teams in the AFC. You know, yeah. we, we just gotta, just gotta, uh, you know, play good. <laughs> if, we, if we have any classic Bills moments, then it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty rough. But. Uh, yeah, wide, just wide gotta left. keep on playing well, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, we got our asses kicked by uh, Pittsburgh there, game one, and it kind of kind of woke us up a little bit. So yeah, fuck that team. Yeah, <laughs> that <ain't good. laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think we that's play. Wrong. We got them next week. I'm a I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they come back with you. Bye. What was that? How are the Browns doing? Four and two, no. Four and three. Four and three. Three and three. They won Thursday. Oh, oh yeah, four and three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they won Thursday. 
That's not too bad. As that's, good as the Browns can do. It's not too good either. It's a Brown season. It's a good well, Brown season. So, you know, I mean, it's a great I start. Hey, without without any of the starters, they did all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, do we play you guys this year? Let's see here. Yeah, yeah, I think you would if you played the Steelers. Well, no, we it's AFC though. Yeah, AFC doesn't necessarily always play the whole division. Mm-mm. No, maybe maybe we don't here. Week thirteen. Uh, no, that was last. Yeah, I don't think we play you guys this year. That's good. I won't have to drink extra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we probably we probably all be drinking it, but you know, it'd uh, it'd be a boozer. <laughs> well, you guys will be up here. Well, Jay, when you come up, you'll be up here for uh, the weekend, so you should be able to kind of get some Bills action uh, and some liver hurting. Liver hurting in there. Whoa, whoa. See, see, that's the difference. I do usually go to the. Uh, there's a couple decent bars right there in that little town uh, that we mm-hmm. like. So, you know, usually we we'll go out to a bar here and there in the weekend and uh, have a couple drinks. Usually hit it pretty hard. It, that's a that's a rough place with the weather too to um, try to fish all day long. And I then, miss them fries. Screw the wings. Them fries. That one place. The poutine. Oh man, the poutine. God. That's where it's at. But where where was where was that at? Um, no, I'm talking about a different one. No, Mark's I'm not talking, talking about that. Uh, one. Yeah, Mark's talking about the yeah, 9/11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Their fries are the best. You know that place is just. So everybody in Buffalo don't fish when the bills are on. Here? Barbell. Barbell Tavern. I haven't. No, I no. usually stay up in. Uh, okay, so that's next. That's a, that's a for sure. I mean, that's the most reliable, consistent number one wing spot we've got. Very similar, cash only to 9/11. Um, high quality wing again, high caliber, but, um, great fries. They hand paint each wing. So it's the same every time. Um, but you know, I was just, I haven't had wings in a while. I was just looking at wing prices. They're out of their mind. They're out of their mind. They're They're like almost 20 a dozen here. It's nuts. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, it's even crazy to buy them raw. I'll cook my own. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're they're outrageous. Yes. You got to buy the whole chicken and cut the wings off. Yeah. Chicken thighs, man. They taste better. <laughs> you get they're bigger and they're yeah, cheaper. You could get a twelve dollar <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right there. It's just, I mean, how you long guys, can they keep this inflation shit up? You guys only cover them in vinegar and red hot anyway. Fries. You can put that on thighs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you guys uh, when you guys get up here, I'll definitely have to do a, a quality wing stop and can definitely do nine eleven again. You know, last time I had them was beginning of COVID, and um, the the owner who used to make all of the wings actually passed away mid COVID. And, um, so his family took it over and I haven't been there since, but I imagine it's just as good. Same quality. Yeah, man. Those were good, good, good wings. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's a, so there's nine 11 and then there's, um, Barville Tavern, which are the two, uh, the two heavy hitters. Okay. Yeah, I have to keep so, that in mind. Next, about we... all we got is two places that make wings. The rest give you shit, bullshit. Yeah, what was that Buffalo Wild Wings you guys got? Down oh there? my <laughs> god, that, that, <laughs> I, would, I would never. I actually had Buffalo Wild Wings last week. <laughs> no, fuck that. I wouldn't even walk in that place. They they built that building for nothing. I was in a what the thriving metropolis of Erie, Pennsylvania, and had BW threes. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, I want some adult chicken wing or chicken nuggets. And they brought you like some sesame seed shit, huh? No, I got their salt and vinegar chicken nuggets. Oh, there and, you go. And the mango jalapeno. nuggets. <laughs> oh, mango jalapeno. It's good stuff right there. I yeah, hurt. some of those unique ones are pretty fire. Mm-hmm. I hurt for the yeah. rest of the week, but... You got to get down here. We got to get you our gang's wings. There you go. Uh, yeah. yeah yes. There's only one or two here, but but they're okay. Well, I got this goddamn Nashville plague. That would've, I would have been down there right now. Mm-hmm. You could have been having them tonight. <laughs> you know, I, w- I was hurt in the last couple of days. I was surprised. I, uh, I haven't felt like that in a long time. And, uh, you know, when I couldn't fish, I knew something was wrong. Yeah, that's never good when Nick can't fish. I'm dying. <laughs> it wasn't good. I pulled. I left to go fishing, and I pulled back in the driveway, and I walk in the door, and my girlfriend's like, "What's what's going on?" And I go, "You know, I just, I think I need a break. I think I'm just. I think I'm gonna take a nap. I think I'm dying." <laughs> she, goes, she goes, "Oh my god, you are not healthy." So needed a couple needed a couple days of uh, recuperation, but uh, feeling much better. Uh, you know, fished it out this morning. It was uh, it was good. Uh, and then again, you know, this week, just gonna really hit it hard and uh, try to get as much fishing in here before November, first week of November, when guide season kicks right in full bore. Um, you know, I've had uh, a couple trips already, but uh, really, things are gonna get rocking uh, first week of November. So, um. It's gonna. It'll be nice to you know personal fish again all week, especially after how long it's been. Uh, probably do quite a bit of streamer fishing. Um, get on some of the water that I haven't seen in a while. Flows should be fairly good. Uh, I think it's it's just starting to rain right now uh, outside, and it's gonna go till tomorrow afternoon. So, you know, it's it's gonna be a soaker, and uh, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. It's raining outside. It's it's raining. It <laughs> uh, is raining. Opposed to raining. I know inside. you wish it was snow, but it's raining. <laughs> so hey Nick, where can people go to, to get a hold of you to uh to book trips? Yeah, so uh, I've got uh, I've got a website, uh www.flyfishing716.com. Uh my phone number's on there, email's on there, I got a contact list, you can enter your information, it'll go directly to my email. Um I've got uh, a bunch of information on there. Our local fisheries, um, descriptions of the Cataraugus, the Allegheny, the species we're fishing for. Uh, I've got some hosted trip information. Um, I uh, do still have a a spot available for my January, last week of January. It'd be the January 29th to February 5th. um, Hosted trip to X-Flats in uh, Ishkalak in Mexico. Uh, just permit haven. I mean, the last couple of years I've been down there, it's just absolute mind boggling. The amount of permit around tarpon all over bonefish is crazy, but um, just, you know, they run a phenomenal operation. Uh, Jesse, there, the owner of X flats. Uh, and so excited to uh, bring some clients down there. Um, and so I got some information on there. Uh, Nick at 716flyfishing.com is my email. 716-713-3772, the phone number. Any contact way, I can get any information over uh, my availability. And, yeah, we're pushing, you know, hardcore steelhead right now. Uh, The inland trout scene is pretty good. 
and then we'll be getting on the Niagara here very shortly. So there is almost no better time to be in Western New York uh, than right now. And I I do have some uh, some availability right now. So, you know, if anybody is interested, just uh, go through the contact there and or Instagram at Nikki Sags uh, 716FF. Uh, so, you know, a lot of plugs to kind of get get over to me, um, but it should be just another fantastic fall, uh, you know, fall and spring. You just cannot beat it in Western New York. And it's just, you know, what what species do you want to target? And, you know, we're lucky we've got that Niagara right there. Opens up a whole nother game. We've got all the Lake Ontario salmon and gigantic browns, um, the phenomenal steelhead coming off of Lake Erie. Uh, and, you know, a guy 10 trips off of Lake Erie uh, in western New York here. So um, I am uh, PA registered. So occasionally I'll make my way over the border there in northeast and and go down towards Erie. But, uh, you know, there's just so much to be had. It's it's incredible. And, uh, you know, every time I get a first time client out this way and they, they hook into their steelhead, they're just like, holy crap. I mean, it's just amazing. We do, we do have some great fishing and um the one unfortunate thing about, you know, the steelhead here is the runs are better than out west right now. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. We've got better steelhead fishing than uh, than out there. So, yeah, it, uh, that's for sure. Soak it, soaking it up as much as possible. Again, you know, I love steelhead. Uh, you know, I do as much fishing as, as I can for them. But, you know, getting into the next three, four months, it's big brown time. Big, big brown time. So. Uh, I'll be doing a lot of that uh, as much as possible as well with uh, with those regulation changes. So, um, you know, again, anybody looking to do uh, some musky fishing, we've got that going uh, until basically the rivers get a little too cold there. Um, most of those rivers will freeze over depending, you know, when when that that cold front comes through first. Uh, but we normally get about till mid mid December there to fish. Uh, fish muskies and then uh, sporadically through the winter. Uh, but, uh, you know, variety. Just going to be hammering down on whatever water is fishable. That sounds that sounds like Mecca. Well, just like you, you know, just like you guys are always doing, changing it up. I mean, besides the lake run scene heavy where you are, you guys got it all too. Add a little striper or wiper fishing in there. And, uh, I mean, can't beat it. Yeah, man. That's exactly it, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, and look I mean, for- I, I hope uh, hope you guys may. I know Mark, uh, Mark, and you and Chad there. Hope you guys make it up. And Jay, you know, it'll be nice to nice to get you up here again, and um, we'll pamper you and, and take care of you and change your diapers around, and and it'll be excited. But uh, sounds good. <laughs> just we'll just we're just gonna we'll, we'll me and Ryan will go into full guide mode, and we'll have you taken care of. He said, "Bring bring him a large thing of a barber, extra large." <laughs> Big thing about ballers, uh, Alex, uh, Torg, Torg, uh, Ryan's good buddy. He, uh, last yeah. year he brought down some, uh, oh, some fast food and, uh, Pizza. some beers, beers, uh, yeah. and it was the greatest thing ever. It was very needed at the moment. It changed the whole, you know, how a little bit of food and a little bit of, you know, relaxation could change the whole mode and then you could get right back at it. That was Were one of those you uh, down on the lower? Yeah. Niagara? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you know you got a stiff breeze normally there. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, just big water, it uh, kind of can take over your conscience there with how big and 
and uh, you know how you just got to keep working it. It's um, it's definitely uh, tasking. And so when you get a nice meal in you and a couple beers to break that up, it's it's always nice, uh, always nice to do. But yeah, that river, you know, it'll beat you down. Same with the Cataraugus. They're you know those big rivers. Uh, you just got to keep on keeping on when you're there, and um, you know eventually it, it's it, it'll you know produce for you. But uh, that Lower Niagara can uh, can definitely uh, can can definitely run you down. Yeah, yeah, it will. Oh yeah. What last time we went? And we what? got two inches of ice. Yeah, that was a rough trip. That was hard. <laughs> wrong, yeah. wrong timing. I think yeah. I had the Rona then. It was before it became a thing. Yeah, it was before it was actually. Here. It was <laughs> yeah. actually not here yet. Brought the Rona up. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, Nikki. Mark, hey, have you fished, Mark, Mark, you fished the lower? No. Oh, uh, I've been to it, but I'm nah, I'm not leaving musky season. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I mean, no, no blame in there at all. That's yeah, gonna be getting good here now. Well, you better believe uh, I'll be bopping over and and seeing you. Oh heck yeah! Matter of time. Get feeling better. Get you down here. Yeah, don't worry. I'm uh, I'm detoxing and uh, <laughs> you know I'm 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 about to go crack a, a bottle of wine, I think, and relax tonight. Nice. So I don't know how bad I'm detoxing. But... How do you detox <laughs> while you open a bottle of wine? You sound like it's Sam. Just, it's just wine. You just, sound like Sam Kinison. He's fruit. It's a fruit juice. <laughs> Siphoning you know, it's nice and for, through. You know, I'm trying to relax. A beer's not, it's not the moment for a beer. It's maybe a nice wine, you know? <laughs> Drink enough wine, you'll have the shits tomorrow. That'll detox you right out. Clean you right out. <laughs> exactly. All those sugars will get gone. Hey, and if we ever get the, uh, the weekend squared away right and – Someone doesn't mess weekends up. We do have dog friendly house that you can stay at. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Um, you know, I will uh, let Buford know, and hopefully he approves and uh, makes his way over with me. And <laughs> Chad, Chad would probably uh, let you bring love, your wife love to, too. Love to bring him down, and you know, he, he obviously he loves to be in the boat. He enjoyed himself today. It was a put a nice sweater on him this morning. It was like <laughs> still about forty when we we're out there, and oh, he just took a nice snooze the whole time. So you know, it's, it's a Blessed with a good boat dog and a, and a good buddy, and uh, you know whether uh, you make your way up, you'll see him bopping around with us, or uh, I'll drag him down. But uh, yeah, he's gonna be sleeping in bed with you. Hell yeah! After man. a hard, after a nice muddy day on the river, he's gonna pop right on in. That's we we got a pup now, and he sleeps in bed with us. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, yeah. you already you already covered. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. is that something that they don't grow out of? I've had the pup on the boat twice, and he did nothing but sleep the entire time. Uh, you know what? He, being an Australian shepherd, he is just, he doesn't stop talking. So between whining or just making noises, you know, looking at you, just the attention has always got to be there. Uh, so if it's very relaxed in the boat, he will be relaxed. Um, he knows when I'm rowing over to the bank, and he'll start to whine and be like, I want to get out of the boat. Like, drop me on the bank. Um, very understand. We can pull onto the bank. He'll sit in the boat until we give him the okay to get out. But, uh, you know, he has his moments on all fronts. Um, but he's got about a, a million boat hours in, so he knows the deal and, and the rigmarole. Uh, and he's smart enough to understand, you know, when I give him the eyeball and say, that's, you know, shut your pie hole, like quit whining. <laughs> we're, we're on the boat for another four hours here, buddy. Uh, better take a nap. He, uh, he gets it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's from day one, he's, uh, he's been floating. So, uh, 
Uh, he uh, thankfully is pretty good, and I think uh, how, your your buddy's there has been on the boat quite a bit as well, hasn't he? A couple times you said so far. Yeah, he's been out twice, and yeah, I've only taken so the boat much. out twice since I've had him. How old is he? Uh, three and a half or four months old. Oh yeah, so you got you're just getting started. Yeah, I've, I've taken him brook trout fishing probably three or four times, and we go mushroom hunting, chasing turkeys in the woods. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dog is he? Yellow Lab. Oh yeah, he's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, he's a blast. He uh, yeah. he, he chewed a box of cornstarch in the middle of the living room today. He's a blast. Right, <laughs> oh Perfect. man. Well, I'll tell you what. I I just, mm-hmm. when I first had Buford, and he, it was about a month of him chewing when he was a puppy. He blew right through my Scott A4, just shredded it. Uh. Cork and every piece. I mean, I've got about a six-inch piece of cork left and the butt end, and that is all I have left of that rod. Uh, <laughs> I haven't sent it in or anything uh, in five years. So when he's bad, uh, do you whip him with that rod? <laughs> exactly. You remember this? You know, he used to he used to get in my fly boxes, and I'd see him rolling around on the ground with a fly, and I'm like, I'm like, what's he got in his mouth? And then he opens his mouth and a and a musky fly falls out and I'm like, oh my god, what the that heck? could be bad. They never, Perfect. They never suck him. Um, thankfully, it wasn't. It was a very short time period of him doing that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, he's he 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 turned out to be a, a minor pain in the ass at five and a half right now. So he's a pretty good boy. Good deal, man. Yeah. So. So Nick, we've had you on the phone like hour and a half. Anything that we haven't hit on that we we should be touching on with you? No, you know, other than I miss you guys. I miss you, you too, know, buddy. It's, uh, good, it's good good catching up, and uh, can't believe how close uh, we came to rendezvousing this weekend here. And, uh, you know, just uh, that uh, hangover plague I brought home from Nashville, the Nashville variant. Was, uh, <laughs> a little too tough, a little too tough for me. But uh, yeah, I hope to see you guys soon, Jay. I will see you soon because you'll be up for sure. And if uh, you guys uh, trail up with them, that'd be cool. But um, you know, if uh, Wisconsin plans don't work out uh, on my end, uh, you know, we will definitely get together and and chase some chase some teeth and uh, put the hammer down for a couple days. I mean, you know, it's, why not? It's prime time, like you said, Mark. Yep, you know where I'll be. Well, I won't be far away. You better believe that. I'm going to be sitting there on the bank watching you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love it. So, watch where all these stud stud muskies are coming out of. Hell yeah, man. That's the best way to learn, right? <laughs> watch them do it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, no, I had a, had a good chat. And, uh, you know, again, it's just good catching up and, and talking to you guys. So Absolutely, man. We feel the same way. Okay. Put on some music, Chad. I am. Maybe. <laughs> we tried to kill it today. Better. It didn't quite happen Tied the way we wanted to. to. Tied it to a tree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't really try to, but. Yeah, yeah she happens. happened. Yeah. If you're not Jam ready it. to, uh, if you're not ready to cooling up, cooling take a gaff in a fish when you go fishing, I mean, you know. It's not the real fishing. type of fishing you're after. Right? I've never had a scenario like that ever play out, though. It that was, was weird. First. Yeah. I mean, I had to fish literally suck a double the whole way to the back of its gullet, but it hooked itself in the top. So it was through the top. The front hook was out the side of the fish's mouth, completely hooked through the net. 
It was so, and insane. it was bundled in the net. Yeah. So the fish was glued to the side of the net. You couldn't pull the hook out. You couldn't do nothing except for try to cut the net out and then get him like undone. Well, at that point, there's so much tension between the front and the back hook, you can't get the front hook back out because it's jammed up in. And then once you get it, it's good luck double. keeping that fish still while you're doing it. it. Oh, at this point, the fish never moved, period. Like he was like dead still the whole thing. Like, you'd work on him for, like, a second, and then you just take, put the whole net. And, like, at this point, like, the fish is, like, swimming out of the water because he's hooked to everything. And out, and out. Perfect. Didn't yeah. end up Didn't end up perfect. Jason, is this the replacement net? No, it's just a What's this net. backup net? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, so that was Third your, your test if you're listening out there right now that if a fish does not make it, it does not float right away. Yep. Yeah, they, so, yeah, they can swim away. Don't <laughs> think that, yeah, he's going to be because that fish there. You mean did all of them still away. had? I caught. That fish didn't float, and I don't think he's making it. No, right. I didn't think so either. Right. Should have kept it. Unfortunate. I would have liked to with. if I could have at that point, but at that point, he sent himself straight to the bottom. I, I think a lot of fish, I mean, everything got life in it. When it kicks off, it even. You see it swim away. You don't know. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say bleeding or anything. Who the hell knows? So. That was a tough one. But, you know, seen that fish. Uh, had a couple other fish follow. Uh, caught a decent little smallmouth. Did your dad catch some fish? He caught two smallmouth. Got them on. Two some. little ones? Yeah. Yeah. Time to go steelhead fishing. It was like the end of the day, too. He didn't have nothing all day long. He oh, said he worked for him. He said, nobody will take me smallmouth fishing. I said, call uh, your buddy Chad. He'll take you smallmouth fishing. Uh-huh. Steelhead. He likes take, or steelhead. Steelhead. Steelhead, not smallmouth. He said, nobody will take me steelhead fishing. I said, he oh, was oh, lying. I had to call too. that boy. I said, call Chad. Call Jace. They'll, call your other your other sons. They love you. They'll take you yeah, steelhead fishing. I'm not taking you fucking steelhead fishing. Yeah, fuck you, buddy. Jace goes all the time. Call him. Speaking of, that, thing, man. speaking of that, you caught some fat ones? Oh man, hell yeah! I I don't know how big do they get when they when you're like, ah, this fucker ain't coming in, because usually you just fight them a little bit, you know? They're not like stripers. They're just this like ah, the showmanship of jumping around a little bit and a little tussle, and they usually roll up on the bank, right? Well, and this you, and then you kick them. Yeah, you put them further on the bank. There, you but this they get footed up there, dude. I got this fish on, and I'm like, this motherfucker's not coming in. But this is already after I've lost two. I had one break me off. I like, I don't know, didn't didn't get a hook into one good. It like rose to the top. You know, how you like false hooks at, or you kind of just pick your rod up because you don't know if it's a snag or not, and they they rise up with with your shit, and you're like, oh fuck, no. Uh, but these ones I had on, I caught a few, like, stompers the other day. They were the good fights, man. This fish took me across creek three times in good flowing water, and it was like, maybe it's a big one. Maybe I should fuck this up, you know. You was said, it a big one? Yeah, I was tugging on it the whole time, and it wouldn't come in. I'm like, tugging on it, tugging on it. I'm like, what the fuck? But I, it was a fat, fat steelhead, man. Eight-pound test line? Yeah. Oh, ripping them. Because... It was so many leaves and dirty water. They wouldn't have seen any line. You could probably fish 20, but... Uh, yeah, no, I, I went up a couple of times, caught some fish. It was fun. Watched a guy swing one up, which... he I lost a fish real quick, and this guy, like, he waited around me. Got to the bottom of the hole, and I was like, God, that's going to be tough today. With all them leaves coming down. He's like, boom, he fucking... He's hooked up. I'm like, well, that was better than what I'm doing, because I just lost one on a bead. <laughs> Just trying to beat him up, you know. 
No, it was, uh, it's weird because water ain't coming down as fast as it used to because we're getting, we're holding the water. Yeah, we're holding the water. So the next day, if you had a rain through midday, it's probably going to still have the higher water and then it's going to calm. So afternoons are probably a better fishing time. So went got my ass kicked all, all morning and hooked like five, but only landed two. So they were nice and chrome. It's on up there. Got a new uncle, too. Uncle John. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Gave me a sticker and everything. It's like, here you go, bud. Uh, you remember? He give you one for Chad, too. Put this on the back of your truck yeah. there. Oh, he was trying to slap it on. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. See no other stickers on here. I'm like, I had to clean it up before I put it on here, all right? Got a, got a $3 sticker for paying $5 cash to park Mr. Krabs. Got me. He's like, da, 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 da. But look, dude, I remember 22, three years ago, I'm in that parking lot. Or no, it wasn't even parking lot. It wasn't shit. There was like a couple big oak trees, and I'm back there parked. He's like, some old guy pulls up on us. Older guy. It wasn't real old. You know, it was with my buddy. He's like, uh, yeah, I would be opening a campground here, blah, blah, blah. We're like, we're still good to park, right? He's like, yeah, go ahead. Now it costs you five bucks. So he fucking did sure set up a campground and probably... Makes money. Did like you just Mr. start Crab. that this year? No, no he's, you've had dude. to pay for. You got webcam. Oh, it's, been, oh, it's probably been. No, it's been a long time. Hell, it's been we're ten talking twenty years. He's been. Well, you used to be able to pull. It. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I'm thinking that's of a uh, like. A I'm thinking of the different one. What's the other one? We pull in, in the in the campgrounds and or the beach or the fly shops in front and then Foley's. they have these. Oh, okay, oh, okay, that's yeah. that one. No, nah, dude, that's dude, that's a big money hustle. He's been making some money off of that for some years, but. Yeah, some that's of the, closer to the. This one's the one closer to the mouth. Some of the yeah. best. Some of the, the best holes. Some of well, I ain't gonna say holes. This river runs pretty long, but some of the best water on that whole river is right there. It's on camera. Like you could, if you're a tourist. You could house yourself right there. Like I wouldn't. We say. We used to. Well, we used to go to weekends. We used to go to a cool place up the river, and I got to walk through there the other day. I was bringing back memories. I was like, oh, man, I used to camp here. This was awesome. And I was like, shit, I should pull in there and just knock on these people's door. Like, can I park here? I fucking used to camp here. I'm going to pay that Joe Schmo five bucks, but I did anyway. So, but cool area, like, and it's changed. It's far different than if you walk through there, you'd be like, ah, this is different. Water, Water does things. That's a sweet stretch of the river, though. That's probably one of the areas if you're walking hit that go through maybe go to the the tunnels the tubes whatever they call them yeah nah fish are loaded and uh actually it's a slow start to ohio season but fish are showing up like said chad water, seems very unimpressed with your fucking water table with, with, with your story well, i haven't shot i haven't shot any deer sorry, so i got been home i gotta talk days. about steelhead fishing he seems fucking yeah. unimpressed. Well, with your steelhead so story. Chad's gonna start humping the wall. Over so there listen, if, if Chad if Chad ever caught fish, we'd have to sit here and listen to the, his story. If you if you if you if you looked a little more like Ashley, he might start humping you. I am I am small enough. Here comes a dirty bag of laundry and a heart on. Huh? Yeah, I'm not doing the dishes or making sandwiches. Motherfucker. Oh shit. Nah, that, that's the end of that story. Lots lots of beads. 
I mean, it's like, oh, like he's man. Guide, the anal type. Guide season's happening, so lots of people on the river. Even if it, you know, Friday, mid, mid it doesn't That's why matter. I won't fucking be there. Well, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Everybody looks at their weather and looks at the flow and they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a good day. And I did the same <clears> thing, <throat> but I mean, I fought leaves, I fought water. So when that calms down, there's always a, a prime time to that. There's no doubt about it. And if you live a little closer, you hit it a little more. And if you get lucky to hit it good, there's 20. Hey, hey. the good fish. part is, is your guide season picks up all them people and they leave our water. So this come on down and fish with us. It's true. This hitting it oh, no. has been brought Everywhere to you by else. Predator Fly Gear. PredatorFlyGear.com. I love you, Jace. Did you say this hitting it? Which yeah, say? this hitting it. You were saying hit, we're going to hit it hard. Hit it hard in the fucking everywhere. A-Rex Hooks. Check them out at A-Rex-Hooks.com. Sims Fishing. SimsFishing.com. Yeti. Yeti.com. Hey, check out our guest, Nick Sagnabeni at 716 Fly Fishing. A-Rex Hooks. Find me at A-Rex-Hooks.com. Queen City Guiding. Our buddy Ryan Evans. QueenCityGuiding.com in Springfield, New York. Springville. Springville, not field. Get it right. He's not the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, oops. Sorry. <laughs> Springville, New York. My fault, buddy. QueenCityGuiding.com. Yeah. All hey. the materials, all the flies, uh, <coughs> and check. What'd you say? Check his his website. His website's hot right now. Just updated. QueenCityGuiding.com. And check out Mark at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Don't call the bank. Call Frank. Find Michael over at Down to Earth Wealth Management. Let the man go.